Gunner. Hey, everybody. So we have uh, repeat offender David A. Wheeler back on the program. So, hey yeah. Hey, David. So you well, last time we were talking about the badges, uh, Linux Foundation badges stuff. And I guess they liked it so much they hired you. Yeah, it's a, it's a big change. Uh, you know, switching jobs during the middle of a pandemic is probably not what uh, a lot of people would recommend. But uh, I've been working um, in one way or another with the Linux Foundation for years. And uh, we talked and I ended up uh, getting hired by them. It's been mm -hmm. uh, an interesting journey so far, even though I've, I've only been there relatively, uh, only started relatively recently. Yeah, congratulations. That's great. That's awesome. I, I know for me, it's like, you know, being at Red Hat, it's sort of like, you know, I'm using RHEL on my, my laptop and everything. And it's like, wow, I could actually use Linux, uh, you know, for my personal productivity tool as part of my day job. And it's sanctioned and uh, it works with all the tools that we're using and everything. So that's pretty awesome. Um, so, you know, I feel like I'm home. Uh, but but so what so what, what are you doing there now uh, with the new gig? Well, basically, it comes down to I'm trying to help improve open source software security, which, as you know, it's that's been an interest of and passion of mine for a very long time. And so now that I'm at the LF, I've been uh, doing all sorts of things related to improving open source security. So helping lots of various LF initiatives work on security. So I've been working with LF Energy. Obviously, we want um, software used and energy to be secure. LF Public mm -hmm. Health is a, mm -hmm. a new foundation for countering pandemics. I, I wonder why that's important. Um, yeah, that, so, there's something going around. Yeah. 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 So... Um, uh, I, I've been working with uh, Harvard and part of CII to get a survey of open source software developers uh, out to try to better understand how they're approaching security and sustainability. Mm -hmm. um, I'm continuing to work on the badge project, and I'm also looking forward to working with the new OpenSSF Foundation now that's officially actually publicly acknowledgeable. <laughs> I couldn't talk about it before. Okay. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm, I'm going to... We're going to have to ask about the SSF and, and why we all need one. But but before we get there, and we're going to have people stick in for that. Let's let's talk about the uh, the contributor survey. What's what's up with that? Okay, so um, I would love if if you contribute to open source software, please go uh, take the survey. So let me quick uh, quick background. Uh, this is a um, a uh, basic a collaboration between the Linux Foundation and Harvard, particularly the LFCII and Harvard's LISH, which I can't remember what it stands for. Uh, but basically, um, there's been a number of questions about, gee, what do developers do or not do to, for security? Um, what are they doing for sustainment? Um, there seems to be a lot of questions about, you know, how much are various projects actually funded uh, and how? So. Um, in order to try to help improve security, there's been a lot of, hey, wait a minute, what seems to be the issues broadly across the community? And surveys have done, been done before, but they never really seem to ask some of the questions that we were interested in. So um, basically, Harvard Linux Foundation working together. Uh, so let me read, if do you mind, I'm going to read off a URL. So I, I want all yeah. you, I would love everybody who listens to this if you contribute to any open source. Uh, so HTTPS colon slash slash bit.ly slash all caps CII dash all caps FOSS dash capital S 
then lowercase u-r-v-e-y, which basically spells out bit.ly slash CII FOSS survey. If you, if you yep. click on that, that's actually just a redirector and will take you to a, uh, a Qualtrics site, which is what Harvard uses mm -hmm. uh, to, for uh, the privacy and stuff. Um, yeah. And if, if we, would you mind putting that link in the show notes too? Oh, guaranteed, guaranteed. Okay. Yeah, awesome. order your money back. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what are, what are some of the big questions uh, that, that uh, you know, or, or that, that you're asking on here that uh, you may not have thought of before? Okay. Uh, basically, a number of things about what are you doing for security? Um, you know, what tool are you using tools to yeah. look at your source code? Uh, if so, which ones um, are you putting in tests or using fuzzers? Um, you know, and, and there's some questions also about sustainment, particularly about um, how, you know, are you paid at all to do this? And if so, how? Because um, we actually get some conflicting, you know, you, you'll hear a lot of folks, you know, hey, I can't work on it because I'm not paid to do it. But of course, many of the people are paid to do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so, so it's basically those issues in particular. Um, hopefully that helps answer the question. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And so when when are the when's the survey over and when when do you plan to have uh, results out? Um, I believe it's August 10. So please hurry, hurry, hurry. Yes. <laughs> and get, Ooh, you know, go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been out for a little while and, you know, folks like uh, uh, LWN.net and so on have noted it. But uh, I, I, you know, I found that still a lot of people haven't heard about it. So you know, uh, it's going to close up quick. And, you know, if you contribute, um, there are a number of questions that involve, you know, if you develop the software, if you don't just skip those questions. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, we, the number of them, we, we do want to know how the software is developed if you are actually writing some of the software as part of your contributions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and so what's, I, I know, like I, I look back at our previous episodes that you were on and, you like the last time you're on where it was episode 113, which goes back to 2016. Um, so like it's been that. a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's where, you know, you're, you're introducing uh, the audience to the CII, the, the core infrastructure initiative badge program. Yep. Um, so what, yeah. How's, how's that been going? Uh, the short answer is great. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll point out, uh, I'll, I'll send you, you were all, uh, that links you to uh, some stats. Uh, mm -hmm. But basically, it's been continuously growing. Um, as of today, we've got 3,309, I looked these numbers up, uh, participating roughly, projects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 668 are at least at 90% or better. And 459 uh, have earned at least a passing badge. Um, and so that's pretty spectacular. Uh, that's a oh, lot of pickup yeah. over the years. Um, and just keeps growing, um, linearly. I, I, if you look at the, at the, uh, stats, it's of course jaggy. It's not perfectly linear, but it's remarkable. It's just been steady growth of per projects that participate, projects that fix problems as they get identified. And that's, and that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's not like you're collecting this stuff and, it's like, okay, here's where we are. Here's your badges. I'm sure you provide some um, enablement 
of like, okay, well, you don't have this. Here are the best practices to have a security response team or email address or things like that, right? Well, we, we give advice. Um, okay. uh, we don't want to force them to do things in a particular way. We worked really right. hard to write the criteria of here is what you have to achieve slightly bigger picture. There are many ways to do it. Now, there's a lot of them where there's kind of an obvious way to do it. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And so where where there's, you know, we, we in those cases, we'll say, for example, do X. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to do X as long as you meet the overall criterion. Um, but there's, we worked really hard to make sure that every criterion was a reasonable criterion. Actual projects already do it. Um, yep. And, and, and so there, it, it, there are known ways, yeah, most of the, pro we have gotten remarkably, I mean, this is years later, we've gotten basically no pushback that the criteria are either excessively hard or excessively easy either. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're all, we think they're all reasonable criteria. Uh, that said, it sure, you know, I, I, you know, um, I think one lesson still, one lesson to learn is that we put a whole bunch of these criteria together. Each one of them, I think, are re we think are reasonable. But when you have a whole bunch, any one project, e even though many, many projects do each one, a particular project might not be doing one. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, it's rem it's still remarkable how many you know uh, people don't do some pretty obvious things. So mm -hmm. you know, and that's and you know what, that's okay. That's that's why we have this thing to encourage, give them a reason to notice. Oh, you're not doing this. Here's what you could do to fix that. Right, right. Okay. So what, like, what you, um, did you do any analysis on, like, if we, if we dig deep on the analysis, did you, did you do any and come up with any, uh, um, aha moments? Yeah, uh, absolutely. In fact, um, back in 2019, I gave a, I, I did a whole bunch of analysis and gave a presentation on this. Um, mm -hmm. so let me give you the, 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 the quick summary of it. Um, uh, you can, I'll, um, but basically what I did is I looked at all the projects, which were at least 90% to passing and pass, yep. there's actually three badge levels, but passing is the one that we've been emphasizing, um, yep. uh, right now. Um, you know, it, once you get passing, you can get silver and gold. That's great. But we especially are trying to get people at least to the passing level. So I looked at every project, which was at least 90% to passing, but wasn't passing. So that meant that they'd already looked at things they tried. And so we knew, we were pretty confident that those were things they weren't, it wasn't just that they hadn't, uh, it, it, these were the problems they actually had. So um, top five problems. Number one, most common problem, they wouldn't, they didn't tell anybody publicly how to report a vulnerability. And hmm. the funny thing is that you can fix this with one sentence in your readme. It's perfectly fine to say, hey, if you find a vulnerability, send to this email address. That's fine. Just tell people how to report a vulnerability. Yeah. And that's the most common one. And it, it causes real troubles because um, projects which haven't had a vulnerability reported to them before, uh, uh, you know, uh, the reporters don't know how to deal with it. Do you want me to publish on a public issue tracker? Right. Um, maybe not. Well, then how do you want me to report this? And, right. and so, you, so just when you need to hurry up and respond, you get in this weird uh, process for fixing process problems. And you know, that's, yeah. a, that's a stupid time to do it. <laughs> just yeah. figure yeah. it out ahead of time. Tell people. Number two problem, testing. 
people aren't adding tests, don't even have a test suite. Um, you kind of with, and I, th I think at this point today, nobody's arguing that that testing shouldn't be done. Okay, I've never. Right. I guess I, uh, I guess the uh, you could probably find somebody. I guess, but in general, everybody agrees testing is important. But that doesn't mean they're doing it, and so right. we got to move on. Uh, number three, knowing how to develop secure software. Uh, you know, the, at least the principles of design, knowing what the common errors are. Um, I'll be happy to talk more about that later, but uh, let me get through this list of five. Uh, number four, failing to fix problems. Because it doesn't matter if you know about the problems, if you don't fix them, right? Right. Um, number five, not doing any static analysis at all. Um, you know, static analysis has its pluses and minuses. There's no guarantees it finds everything, but it is helpful for winnowing out some of those problems. Um, now, there are, is some good news. Uh, I had done this analysis earlier, back when the Best Practices Project first started, and HTTPS has become incredibly widespread. It's it's amazing. Uh, yeah. HTTPS was one of the top problems um, a couple of years ago, and that has just dropped like a stone as a problem. And I just want to yeah. give a quick shout out to Let's Encrypt, because really, um, I mean, there are multiple factors at play, but I think Let's Encrypt uh, deserves a lot of the credit to yeah. getting HTTPS in there, out there. So this is probably so, probably uh, Google changing some defaults with Chrome also sort of motivated people of like this site is insecure, you know. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. I think that I think that had an impact. Um, but I but I I think that people will have just said, well, too bad because yeah. I don't have I'm I I'm not going to be able to pay these exorbitant prices for certificates. Right. And then the Let's Encrypt said they're well. And even if you don't go to Let's Encrypt, for example, on my personal website, I'm not using Let's Encrypt certificates for uh, weird technical reasons. But because Let's Encrypt exists, they've forced the prices of everybody else down. So even right. if you don't go to Let's Encrypt, if you have a weird special need where you don't. Um, their competition has meant that um, basically HTTPS is just it's all over, and that's a great. I mean, this is a success yeah. story. Um, yeah. People, people basically by pressuring everybody else to this is not okay. You need to get up to speed. Um, we, we can't. You know, we all together working on these problems can have an impact. Nice, nice. Okay, all right. Um, so what's what's new there? Uh, Linux and curl earned a gold badge, which is yeah. great. Uh, very, you know, relatively few projects earn gold. It's hard. Um, yeah. you know, we, we, you know, we'd love to have more. We've been focusing on more on the passing because the, the theory is that, you know, if you don't even have a passing badge, you're the most, <laughs> the riskiest, but you know, we'd love to folks to get silver. We'd love folks to get gold. Uh, most right. parts for the badging has been kind of slow and steady, helping people understand it, clarify criteria, and, and, you know, for, for a lot of it, it's really minor behind the scenes stuff. For example, there's been a month long discussion to tweak a gold level requirement. Um, at, at the gold level, you're uh, required to have per file copyright statements. Um, and we can talk about why that is. But um, it's not legally required, but there are good reasons to have it. However, um, historically, you had the year in there. And after a lot of discussion, folks have said, you know, we just don't need the year anywhere in there. We just need an assertion that's copyrighted and where it came from to help people find it when it gets copied out of its version control system to somewhere else and then it starts getting changed. Uh, mm, and so it okay. helps you track back where in the world that came from. And you don't need a year for that. 
Uh, the year is just confusing. Uh, there's historical reasons why you needed to do that. Um, I think it was back uh, up to, I think, 1976 in the U.S. You actually had to make uh, that uh, copyright statement. But that was a while ago. So, right. yeah. Yeah. so there's no it's not a legal requirement. It's a way to help people track down where software comes from if it's just copied out of one repo into another. OK. All right. So I guess in general, you know, like if, if people are developing operating or open open source software, um, sh where where should you send people that are, you know, that they want to pursue the, the badge program or at least look at it to see uh, to do a, a, a self-reflection on how how they're doing? Oh, thank you for asking that question. I like that question. Um, yeah. So HTTPS colon slash slash best practices dot core infrastructure dot org. So bestpractices.coreinfrastructure.org. There's a big green button that says, get your badge. You can start the process. Uh, you don't have to do it all at once. Um, mm -hmm. It's okay to, you know, almost all projects do it over time and that's great. Uh, okay. But the idea is, um, you know, the world's depending on open source software and yeah. we want folks to, to do things, you know, that, that help the software be more secure, more sustainable and so on. Okay. Yeah, and so instead of just uh, handing badges out like crazy, uh, <laughs> are, are what are you doing on the the enablement side to help people uh, learn how to develop software securely, whether it's open source or not? Well, let's see. I guess uh, I, I don't think it's a state secret. So I'm you know, um, I'm currently working on some educational material on how to develop secure software. I mean, I wrote a book years ago, and I teach a graduate course at George Mason University on how to do that. Um, but there's remarkably there's various challenges with some of the materials out there. Um, things like a lot of them really don't talk very much about open source, or they're so hmm. narrowly focused on a very specific thing and you know it, it doesn't give you the background or it's so high level it's not really focused on software development mm. um like like okay. ross anderson has this great very nice book on uh security engineering on, on but it's it's very very high level it's not really focused on what you need to do as a developer so right. it's not wrong it's just not what a lot of developers need so yeah. working on that um uh, probably the big thing, and uh, hopefully some of your uh, listeners will already hear about this, uh, there's a new Linux Foundation initiative um, called the Open Source Security Foundation, the Open SSF. Um, and it's great that I can finally, you know, they officially finally announced yesterday. I, nice. <laughs> I, I've, been, uh, I've been unable to talk about this thing for months. So I'm happy to uh, be able to actually point out, hey, look, this is great. And uh, uh, so OpenSSF. And the whole point of OpenSSF is to get all anybody who's interested in the security of open source software, which really should be everyone, uh, yeah. together on the and uh, working together to uh, improve its security. Okay, and what what all do, do they have? Uh, how how do they achieve that? Is it is it like virtual meetups or or how do you do it? Okay. Um, uh, before I answer that, let me actually quickly clarify something because I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to answer yeah. that one. But I also want to make it very, very clear because I'm realizing now as I'm talking about it, it may sound like, oh, I'm the representative of the OpenSSF. And that, that's not at all the case, right. okay? Right. Um, I don't control them because 
the Linux Foundation is basically a member organization. So organizations join the LF in general, organizations join specific foundations like the OpenSSF, and then those organizations working together decide what they're going to do. I don't, okay. I don't tell them from on high. Instead, You're not the boss of them. I am yeah. not the boss of them. However, I'm a subject matter expert. And I am, and I am here very much to support them, uh, because in fact their goals and my goals are the same. We all right. want to make open source software more secure. So my goal is basically to support them, help them uh, be successful. Because in fact, we all want this to be successful. All right. So all right. I, I was, as I was realizing, oh wait, this might be this might be a little misleading. All right. So like any Linux Foundation. The members form a governing board. They decide what open source software projects to work on. And then once they form those projects, actually anyone can participate in those open source projects. So you don't have to be an LF member to propose something to those groups. Um, but um, <clears throat> you know, but they, they're deciding what are the things, what are the projects they want to focus on and go. So I'm just going to list off the starting working groups. And of course, over time, this is probably going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, vulnerabilities disclosure, things like uh, how to report vulnerabilities, uh, security tooling, uh, identifying security threats uh, to open source software, security best practices, and securing uh, critical projects. So uh, they have even had their first governing board meeting, so they're just starting out. It's been a, mm. it's, it turns out it's really hard to get large organizations to, you know, work out, I don't know what you call it, the kumbaya moment when finally everybody has worked out how they're going to work together. Um, And so it's just been, it's just taken a long time. And I'm sure COVID has not helped speed anything up. Right, right. right. But that said, I'm uh, I'm delighted to see that uh, finally it's uh, it's publicly known uh, and they're going to uh, start down that road of uh, of uh, continuing to work. It's not like nobody else has, has been working this, of course. Uh, people have been working on securing various open source, but we want to um, make things even better. Okay. All right. Nice. Nice. And it sounds like uh, it's, uh, you know, um, uh, to not let a, a good crisis go to waste, this is an opportunity for people to volunteer. And and with this just forming, this is a great chance for people to take a role and, and have a voice in how this is done, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, just because you propose it doesn't mean everybody else is going to accept it. But if you don't propose something or in, if your voice isn't if you don't use your voice, it won't be heard. Right. Exactly. OK. Well, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Like, I know we we're, we put a pin in uh, developing secure software and, you know, educating people on that with secure design and common errors and stuff like that. Any any uh, parting words of wisdom there? Any obvious things that people often overlook that you, you like facepalm? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, facepalm moments seem to be uh, the, the way of life. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, have you seen some of the security vulnerabilities that have been reported recently? Um, yeah, I, I, I think, in fact, that's a lot of it. Um, I, uh, I, you know, for my college, for my college course, and also for this um, uh, educational material I'm working on, um, I think a lot of it's very, very helpful to go and ask, what are the general principles? that can help me develop secure software? What are the common errors and mistakes that have been made in the past? Common 
kinds of, of mistakes. And, you know, knowing about those doesn't mean that you, you know, just knowing about them doesn't mean you automatically have perfectly secure software, but looking for the previous face palms and trying to not replicate those. Don't be that guy or gal. Don't be, right? you know, you know don't, don't be that person. You basically, yeah. um, you know, uh, it's remarkable how many things you could you can learn just from what's happened before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it, I know, like we, at Red Hat, we spend a lot of time uh, like uh, figuring out. It's like, oh, what are the right compiler options? And you know, there's some low hanging fruit that you can get right away of uh, you know to make sure you don't overextend array bounds and 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 things like that. Right, right. I mean, you know, and you know, you're mentioning array bounds and so on. You know. Uh, first question: Do you need to use C or C plus plus? If this is a if this is a new Greenfields project, maybe those are not the right languages for this particular task because right. they require a whole lot more care and it's much more difficult. Maybe you don't need to. Now, let's say that you're it's existing software or there you're you have decided that you are going to then absolutely uh, compiler options and really a key, a key for the compiler options is turn them on early because yeah. if you wait. And then you try to turn them on, you find out, oh man, I violated that a million places. Whereas if you turn them on and then start writing code, uh, you know, every the first time you'll do it, you find out, oh, that was a bad idea, and you go do something else. Yeah. Um, you know, so it costs you nothing to do ahead of time, but it can be pretty costly to try to turn them on later. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well. Wow, we covered a lot. Um, we need to let people uh, just pause this and, and let it soak in for a little bit. But after they do all the reflection, um, where, where do we need to send them? Probably your, your site and our site. So wh where do we want to send them all? Okay, so um, you know, if you're just curious about me, I have my own personal site, uh, dwheeler.com. I just post random thoughts. Those are, that's my personal commentary, not sponsored by my current employer or guinea pig. Um, but, uh, and of course, if they want to hear more, um, more of the cool stuff that you and Gunnar have been talking about, uh, it would be dgshow.org. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And they can go there, get the show notes of all the links and uh -huh. the good stuff we have. So David, a Wheeler doctor, thank you <laughs> for joining us. This is a, a treat as always. And we need to do this more often than once every four years. Oh, wow. Sounds awesome. I'd love to do it. And uh, I, I'm used to you, you, listening to you at double speed. So you, you, you talk so much slower in person. <laughs> yeah, I probably sound drunk right now, don't I? <laughs> and I'm not, uh, no, for the record. Yeah. I'm sorry, yes, you, 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 I, you don't actually sound drunk. You just sound slower than my usual uh, podcast speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, no, and, well, I, hear I, I, I had to speed it up because, of course, Gunner gave all these advice. Like I did the entire history of Rome. Now I'm, doing, I've, I'm up to date on the history of Byzantium now. So uh, there are some there are some awesome podcasts out there. You, your guys included. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hardcore history is another one. Did you ever do that one? I haven't done hardcore history yet. Uh, I'll, I'll need to. Uh, I'll need to add yeah. that on my podcast. That I listen to on my commute. Oh wait. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so yeah, right. Exactly. Up, up and down the stairs. No, this will. No, this is not a commute podcast. Well, I mean, you won't get it all done in one commute unless you are like going to like the moon or something. But so, <laughs> Gunner actually turned me on to hardcore hardcore history, and okay. you got to check it out. It's like it's like a single episode is six hours long. Okay. And I'm like, I 
doesn't sound like fun to me. You know, to have some guy talk about history for six hours, but it's it's like so well done in terms. I mean, it's it's just a monologue, a guy just like talking. But imagine you're like sitting at a bar and this guy's like, well, let me tell you about when we were in France. And I was, you know, and it and you know, and it's just like you get uh, sucked in. So instead of him reciting facts and figures and all this, he's like putting you in the trenches in France and. Like, what was that really like? And the gas coming in and the, you know, it's, uh, you know, it was just, uh, it's such a, a awesome podcast. Highly recommend it. Oh, I, I, I love history podcast. I, I think if it's, if it's boring, that means you're not doing history well, uh, because yes. history is, I mean, it's basically, you're sitting around a campfire. You people who did that thousands of years ago, yeah. you're telling a story. What's cool about history is it's a story that happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, and it's affecting us now and you can probably learn something from it. So, right. uh, so, you know, I'm, I, I love uh, history podcasts. So six, six hours doesn't, doesn't scare me. I just won't right. do it in one. I just won't do it in one commute. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. It's like, I, it's like, I started listening to the first one. It's like, all right, I'll try this. And, and it was like, before you know it, like six hours later, you're like, holy cow, that it's like, where, where did the time go? So it's, it's a real trip. Well, in that case, it'll probably be more like three or two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That too. So that I, uh, two I, I hours will help. Yeah. Speed ups. <laughs> yeah, drives exactly. Drives people crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right, David. Well, hey, we will see you next time, uh, hopefully in less than four years. And yeah. uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, everybody. Mm-hmm.